Welcome back to hell. Where we talk about terrible people and terrible situations. Both worthy of going to hell. I'm your host, Lainey. And I'm your host, Jordan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hellbound History. Like we said in our intro, I'm Lainey, and through the Zoom interwebs is my lovely co-host, Jordan. Say hi, Jordan. Hey, everybody. She is alive. She is well. She is here. She is beautiful. She's alive. Did I mention Um, she's alive? Why are you making it sound like someone's taken me, and (laughs) I'm definitely not dead? Like, this person's definitely not dead, guys. (laughs) definitely she's definitely alive definitely not dead okay the way you're saying it though they're gonna be listening and be like is everything really okay they're like we didn't think she was dead before but because of all the constant reassurance from laney now we're a little concerned that jordan actually might be dead oh my gosh oh my gosh uh hey guys welcome back to another episode i'm so excited it's a Laney episode. It's a Laney episode. She texted me saying that this next one involved something and then it had Christmas involved. I okay, was like, so those are two separate stories. Okay, I kind of assumed so. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to say the specific thing to mislead our listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so just kind of like a sneak peek onto a story that I am currently working on that I have in the works. Um, the theme is suicide. Um, so lots of trigger warnings for that episode coming up. But this time I kind of decided to go a Christmas route, obviously, because Christmas is among us. And uh, I just got back from Iceland a couple, ah, about like two weeks ago. Um, yeah. And so I was really inspired by just the different kind of like Christmas traditions that oh, cool. they have going on over there. So I think it'd be really fun to kind of educate our listeners as to different Christmas traditions because Christmas. not everyone celebrates the traditional Christmas that we do with, uh, you know, but uh, great segue, though. So, Jordan, you tell me, when I say Christmas, what are the first things that pop into your head? <clears throat> I'm going to say reindeer. I'm okay. going to say red and green. I'm going to think elves. I think gingerbread. I think. What's the main mascot of Christmas? Oh, Santa Claus. Boom. Santa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What about the big jolly fellow? Okay, so we're just going to kind of go into a history lesson real quick, okay? Oh, so, snap. Yeah, so the Christmas traditions that we actually have currently have kind of evolved over the years. And so the traditions or imagery we associate with Christmas today actually mostly stem from Coca-Cola advertisements. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I'm aware of that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So now, did Coca-Cola create Santa Claus? Obviously, no, right? Yeah. But their advertising did play a big role in creating the Santa Claus imagery that we all know and love today. Yeah. So in 1931, Coca-Cola commissioned an artist and an illustrator named Haddon Sundblom to paint Santa Claus for their Christmas advertisements. So he ended up taking inspiration from the poem by uh, Clement Clark Moore, which we all know today as Twas the Night Before Christmas. I think it's a traditional uh, 
Christmas staple of mm-hmm. poetry, right? Oh, yeah. So here he depicted Santa in that uh, kind of that red suit mm-hmm. with the big rosy cheeks, the round belly, the long white beard, right? So before this ad campaign happened, Santa Claus was actually more notoriously known as wearing more blue, white, and greens. Mm-hmm. There were some depictions of Santa wearing the red suit, but for the most part, um, it's it was like blue and white. I don't know if you've ever played The Sims, but when Santa comes like in The Sims, I think his name is like Father Christmas or something, but he's wearing like a blue and white <gasps> Christmas suit. So You're that is right. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like I said, there were some red suit images, but it just wasn't as popular as that blue and white. But before the 1930s, there were still many different depictions of Santa Claus around the world. Mm -hmm. These fellows included types of elves, a tall, gaunt man, um, and there was even a scary version of Santa. Oh, oh, that is Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh! it's Krampus. We're doing a story on Krampus. Shut the front door, really? Yes. Oh, yes. he's so scary. Yeah. So obviously, you didn't think this Hellbound History episode was just going to be the history of Santa Claus. No, I was, we have to I was wondering. Yeah, you're like, why are we learning about Santa? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> oh my God, no, Krampus is terrifying. Oh my God. Go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we begin our descent into our real culprit of this episode, uh, this is just like a very, very brief history on the origin of Santa Claus. So Santa Claus, also commonly known as right Saint Nick, Chris yeah. Kringle, many different names. And it really seems like our dear Santa is either having an identity crisis or he's running away from the law. So I feel like he just needs to stick to one name and I go with it. I think he is running away. Uh, that's why he has all the reindeer. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's part of St. Nicholas's story is that part of it is he ran away from somewhere. Oh, snap. I didn't know that. But okay. Well, that's an interesting other topic. Huh. Again, this is a very, very brief history on, we'll, on oh, Santa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to So go very brief. But the story of Santa Claus actually goes back to modern day Turkey in the year 2080 or 280 AD with mm-hmm. a monk named uh, St. Nicholas. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you know more about that, but St. Nicholas was known for both his religious um, devotion, generosity, and just many stories exist of his alleged charitable acts and, and gift giving. So whether or not he actually was a real person is still a matter of some debate as he does not exist in historical documentation, but he appears in diary entries and writings showing that people uh, did believe in him. And then just from there, St. Nicholas is rumored to turn into Father Christmas and then other adaptions kind of happened over time. So again, that was just a very extremely brief, brief, brief history of Santa. But now we get into Krampus. Oh, my gosh. So now Krampus isn't exactly um, a replacement for Santa. Yeah. So he basically was Santa's kind of like little helper. So it's kind of like a good cop, bad cop situation. Santa was the good cop. Krampus was the bad cop. Yeah. And then another historical or historical, quote unquote. But um, in other depictions, they say that. Krampus was actually like Santa's evil twin brother. Mm, I've read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but he's commonly known as obviously Krampus and he's known as the Christmas demon. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So before we kind of dive in, what do you already know of Krampus? I, okay. So from my very limited knowledge, I know that Krampus is like the like you said, the good cop, bad cop situation. I know he carries a bag, but mm-hmm. instead of presents like being in the bag he like has a stick and he like whacks kids who are naughty and then attempts to t- take them away like he like whisks them away okay to, yeah so you so, you basically know quite a quite a bit okay hey so now we're gonna go into a little bit of a story okay mm-hmm. so relax close your eyes going back to our childhood it's christmas eve You're getting tucked into bed by your parents and get a nice kiss on the forehead with a soft reminder to go to sleep as St. Nicholas is on his way to bring you your Christmas presents you have been dreaming about for the last year. Your parents slowly close the door behind them and you cozy up in your softest thermal sheets as your eyes get heavier and heavier after fighting off all of the excitement you finally drift off to sleep. Dreaming of that Christmas morning, running into your living room with presents surrounding the Christmas tree you and your family chop down together at the Christmas tree farm. Your eyes begin to suddenly open as a sound of soft talking coming from under your door. Is it St. Nick? You pull the sheet up to your nose, shut your eyes tight, careful not to make any sound as you don't want them knowing you're awake despite the lyrics to that one catchy Christmas song. You hear the door to your room slowly open, which you find a bit weird, right? St. Nick isn't supposed to come into your room. He's just supposed to leave the presents, drink the milk, and leave, right? You quickly throw the blanket over your head to provide... Wait, repeat, repeat, sorry. Okay. You quickly throw the blanket over your head and provide what you think is the performance of a lifetime and let out your best fake snores. The room gets quiet. The only noise you can hear is the sound of your own heart beating. Maybe it wasn't St. Nick coming to your room after all. Maybe mom and dad didn't shut the door to your room all the way and it started open with the help of the heater turning on. You slowly pull the covers from over your head and there he is, standing at the end of your bed. He's real. He's actually real. Your heart sinks, and all the moisture in your mouth vanishes. The legend that stands in front of you, panting like a wild animal, isn't the legend of St. Nick. No, it's a terrible, terrifying, half-demon, half-goat Krampus. His tongue hanging out of his mouth is the first thing you see. You slowly look up, seeing his dark hair and horns sticking out of his head. You then meet each other's gaze. Then you hear the whip of a chain, and that's the last thing you remember before being snatched away, thrown into a basket, and dragged to hell. Oh, lady. Oh. Looks like you've been naughty this year. So that is just my kind of uh, rendition of the story a little bit to kind of bring you into the world of Krampus existence. But so that kind of story is all jumbled, obviously, but you get the point. So um St. Nicholas Day is actually December 6th and not Christmas Eve on like mm-hmm. the 24th as we know it to be. Mm-hmm. And the events of Krampus would happen on the eve of the 5th. So our Christmas Eve, um, theirs is December 5th. And that's when like Krampus would come and snatch snatch all the naughty children. Oh my gosh. So now what would he do with the children who behaved badly? Well, in my story, they would get kidnapped, thrown into a basket, and then dragged to hell, of course. However, when they would get to the underworld in some stories, they would be beaten with a bundle of birch sticks and chains. I think that's kind of what you were you knew of him. In- I didn't think he dragged them 
to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I thought he like, I always thought like they go in the bag and I thought he like. Where do you think they're going in the bag? I thought he like ate them or something. Oh, okay. 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 Well, hold on to that. Hold on to that. Oh, that's so terrifying. (laughs) But yeah, so the name Krampus comes from the German word Krampen, which translates to claw. Krampus is a legend most commonly known from Alpine folklore originating in Central Europe. And like most things on the podcast, his origins are said to have originated from Germany Ah. and Austria and has come from the pagan rituals during winter solstice. So now... Oh, that makes no? sense. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say that makes sense just because a lot of Hagen, um, I know the 2022 kind of term when they talk about like pagan rituals is a mm-hmm. little bit more prettier and more aesthetic like, mm-hmm. but definitely like the Druids and stuff, them and a few other paganistic groups, all of their creatures are not pretty they're really really ugly and they're really really terrifying yeah and they're for, like everything so that does not surprise me yeah that krampus has roots in uh those deep those deep pagan rituals because that sounds exactly up their alley also you think like our modern everyday fairy tales right they're everything comes from such darkness in those times whereas now it's like i think ariel right the she took she kisses Prince Charming and blah, 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 or Prince Eric, and she becomes a human with two legs and a voice, right? Yeah. But I think in the original one, like, she... Oh, she kills She turns herself. into sea foam or, like, kills herself. And it was like... So we kind of take from different things and create more, like, child-friendly. When back in the day, like, the children were dealing with these stories. Can you imagine the nightmares? I... I... I he's gonna I come would, eat ya! Like, he's gonna... You better be good be like, this year. Good night. I <laughs> close the door and don't the let Crumpy. Like, you just see like fake chains like outside your door just to scare the, the oh crap out of them. Gosh. Imagine, imagine CPS. What's your emergency? Yeah, these people have chains outside their child's door <laughs> just oh. to scare them. Oh my gosh! I bet. Well, I can also have fun with that too, though. I won't. I won't lie. Yeah. Yeah. So while doing this research, I was really hoping that there would actually be more information on Krampus, but mm-hmm. it's just a story. I thought there would may, may have like an actual historic like kind of root upbringing. Uh, but okay. yeah, so there have been many depictions of Krampus as he can be found, obviously, on Christmas cards. And there was even a scary movie with Adam Scott in it a yeah, few years yeah, yeah. back. I saw yeah. it. Of course I did. I thought it was OK. Like, I, it was OK. Mm hmm. But um, a fun thing that I did stumble on is that Krampus is actually getting more popularized in the United States, which in some parts of the country, they do their kind of own type of Krampus celebrations. And so there's like a website and I was like looking at it, see if there's one in Texas. I don't think that there is, but um, one in New York popped up in my search. There was like another thing in Oregon, Washington. Um, I saw Washington, D.C. even on there and L.A. even holds a Krampus ball. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really funny. And this is just a little quote, but festivities involving Krampus include the Krampus run. And so in this activity, which often involves alcohol, people dressed as the creature parade through the streets, scaring spectators and sometimes even chasing them. It always takes place at the night of the marcher or 
It always takes place at night, and the marchers are dressed in scary costumes. They resemble a cross between cavemen and Vikings with furry costumes, demonic masks, spiraling horns, whips, and torches. Some of the marchers are um, aerobatic, doing flips and cartwheels, and then some of them even juggle torches or simply flick their whips at spectators. So I think that's in Austria. And so the festival um, is actually as big as Mardi Gras is in New Orleans. Yes, it is. It's massive. Um, My dad traveled a lot growing up and he went to Europe a lot. And that's actually kind of how I knew about Krampus a bit because he would tell me about this. He would tell me that certain places during Christmas they wouldn't dress up like Santa Claus. They would dress up like Krampus. And they are, if you see the costumes, if you go and Google I, them. I've seen a few. We'll have to post that terrifying. on the Instagram. They're terrifying. Yeah, they're not, they're not, fr- <laughs> they're not child friendly at all. No, they're scarier than even stuff that I normally see on like it's like, like kind of scarier than Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's terrifying and it's they mostly they look like demon goats mm-hmm. or like some yeah, kind of demon like, goats. Yeah, like something like that. But um, oh my gosh, no, they're terrifying. And if one were to come chase after me, I would cry. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> I would just start crying. <laughs> right. It's just me in a mask cha- torturing you. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever do that and you make me cry, okay, but don't like make me cry for like five minutes. At least give me mercy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. No promises. But anyway, in the city of Salzburg alone, over 200 parade clubs called, I don't know how to pronounce this, but passe. That's what mm-hmm. it looks like it's spelled. Um, they spend months creating these costumes their uh, formations and their party plans months this is again as big as mardi gras yeah it's an understatement to say that being in a krampus parade it takes a lot of planning but it's possible and expensive for visitors to rent a krampus costume and accessories the basics of a krampus costume require a carved wooden mask and horns wolfish fangs red contact lenses a fur hide tunic and hooves the easiest way to enjoy the krampus parade is to watch it from the sidelines so a Krampus parade attracts all ages, but this dramatic event is a particular favorite of the college age and post-collegiate locals and visitors. Krampus enthusiasts in this category will find themselves amongst like-minded company, which makes the parade and its inevitable post-event pub crawls inspired places to meet new friends. So that was a ex- that was a little thing from mm-hmm. um, I think it was tripsavvy.com. But yeah, so I want to go to a Krampus parade. I do too. I'm pretty sure there's like a costume contest in some of them. Like whoever the best Krampus is. Oh, I would come in flying. Like <laughs> I don't even think he has wings, but in my version, he does. I think we're gonna have to like go to one eventually. I know. I, I think and I would want to go to the one in like Germany or Austria. You know, just to kind of cool. do the full. That's a full legit experience. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the because that one's pretty scary. Oh my gosh, Lenny, that was so good. I'm not done yet. Oh, thank God. Yay. <laughs> I'm not uh, done yet. I have three more stories. <laughs> Woo. So, okay, so they're all a little, they're short, but okay, no, no, so um, this is what I was talking about the traditions in Iceland. Okay, okay. And so when my mom and I, we are, and everyone we were traveling with, we're walking through the city of Reykjavik and there's this giant, cat lighting <gasps> thing i posted on my or i posted on f- my instagram i think yeah. and jordan was like what is this 
But uh, so it's this giant like cat. And at first we would come, we're coming up from behind it. So we could just see it was a cat. We're like, oh, what is this? And we get over to the cat and it has like a mean face and red eyes. And we're like, mm-hmm. whoa, what is happening? Did they not take down their Halloween decorations or mm-hmm. what? And so they have a little plaque and they were, they were talking about the Yule cat, which is an <gasps> Icelandic tradition. I love the Yule cat. And so that inspired us to uh, obviously research more about what this Yule cat is. And so this is the first time where I've been out of the country around the holiday season. And so I've never like been around when other people are celebrating different like holiday traditions, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Usually when I travel, it's like the summer or the spring. And so they had their whole town like decked out. We kept seeing a couple things like repeat itself. And we're like, what is this? This has to be something known to Iceland or kind of like their traditions. And so again, that first one is, like I said, the Yule cat. So this is an Icelandic tradition and it's like this giant black cat and he lurks in the snowy parts of Iceland and he will eat children on Christmas Eve if they do not receive clothing for the holiday. So in Icelandic rural societies, employers, they would often reward the members of um, their households with new clothes and sheepskin shoes each year as a way to basically encourage everyone to work hard in the lead up to Christmas. So the employers, mm-hmm. like all their workers, like really like you'll get new clothes and obviously it's freezing in Iceland and you're like mm-hmm. sheepskin shoes. Absolutely. Another parka. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's work hard. Right. Give me these clothes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so to this day, the Icelanders still find it important to wear new clothes on Christmas Eve, basically when that celebration begins. And so basically the Yule cat punishes the lazy by devouring them because if you don't have new clothes, then that means that you didn't work hard up until Christmas. And so the tale has adapted from that and became a little more child friendly as according to some tales, the Yule cat only eats their food and presents, not the actual children. Mm. But parents would tell the kids like, if you don't get new clothes for Christmas, then that means you are bad. And if you're bad and you don't have new clothes for Christmas, Christmas, the, the Yule, Yule cat will cat come and eat you. you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. scary. I didn't know he ate the kids either. Now I should stop being surprised about these Christmas tales. And They're all kids. crazy. So our next story now involves gorilla, what? which loosely translates to growler in English. So excuse my Icelandic or whatever pronunciation I'm trying my best. But Gorilla, she's a giantess with an appetite for the flesh of mischievous children whom she cooks in a large pot. So she currently lives with her third husband, Lepuli, who is described as lazy and mostly stays at home in their cave in the lava fields. So it's just her and her husband just chilling and vibing in a little cave. She is often described as a hideous, repulsive being. And in other tales, she was actually referred to as a troll. Mm. So her story originated around the 13th century and was originally not directly linked to Christmas until the 17th century. So this is when the tradition kind of started was around the 17th century. Interesting. So for 400 years, she was like, just a... Just a troll Troll. that lived in a cave. (laughs) Yeah, that would come eat you, I guess. But the oldest poems about Gorilla describe her as a parasitic beggar 
she walks around asking parents to give her their disobedient children. So I guess this was kind of the folklore behind her. So don't be don't be mad or, or don't be bad or we're going to give you to gorilla <laughs> too because mm. you're going to be disobedient. She's going to eat you. I guess like they're real big on the whole eating children thing. But um, so her plans include or her plans can be um, like dismissed about because then she would try to like eat the children even if they didn't get her so she could be basically paid off by uh giving her food or just chasing her away originally she was supposed to be living in a small cottage but in later poems again she appears to have been forced out of town and into a remote cave so current day gorilla can detect children who are misbehaving year round she comes from the mountains during christmas time to search nearby towns for her next meal and she leaves her cave hunts children and carries them home in her giant sack she devours children as her favorite snack and her favorite dish is a stew of naughty kids for which she has an insatiable appetite according to the legend there is never a shortage of food for gorilla and also in some stories the yule cat is actually her pet and lives with her of course they team up of of course of course they have to team up what one child eating creature no way no we need two that's like the movie sequel we want but we never realized we wanted it (laughs) all the children eaters oh yeah so when my mom and I were in Iceland, we saw like obviously like the little cat, like Christmas ornament. They had like some kind of like stuff about mm-hmm. the the black cat or the Yule cat. And uh, we saw some like ugly troll looking things, right? But then there is like all these like little elves everywhere. And um, Iceland is really big on the, the elf traditions. Mm-hmm. And so there's another Christmas kind of tradition and they are known as the 13 elves, a.k.a. The Yule Lads. Hmm. Ye, ye little Yule Lad. Just like you know? a, little, a little group of elves. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, here we no. go. This is Hellbound history, though. So if you were yeah. saying this, oh, no. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. So the Yule Lads are the sons of Gorilla and Lepaluli. Mm. And they are a group of 13 mischievous little pranksters who steal from or harass the population and they all have descriptive names that convey their favorite way of harassing so they come into town one by one during the 13 nights before yule and they leave small gifts in the shoes that children have placed on their windowsills so i guess that kind of like the stocking tradition Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so they Mm -hmm. have their little like shoes Um, But if the children has been disobedient, they instead leave a rotten potato in the shoe rather than their gifts. And so before these 13 Yule Lads became the most popular, their description varied between locations. And so some were said to be the sons of Grilla and others were just her brothers. Some stories only describe nine of them, but every one of them had their own little charistic um, prank. And so most of the Yule Lads can be classified into uh, like three groups, I think. And so there are the ones that steal food. There are the ones that like to play tricks or harass. And then there are the ones who seem to be a delusion from nature. So, for example, there's one called Gully Gawk and he just hides in the gullies. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's really cool. But in the east of Iceland, there existed another version of a folk 
tale of a specific group of Yule lads. They did not come from the mountains, but instead the ocean. And one very obscure nursery rhyme mentions two female Yule pranksters who steal melted fat by either stuffing it up their noses or putting it in socks. But now I'm going to go over the Yule lads and tell you about each one, kind of just name them off and give their description. If you're interested, do you do you want that? I do. I do. Because like the names correlate to how you can get them to go away. Yeah. And if they're a kid eating trolls, kids, then yes. (laughs) Right. So like I said, they each come like one day from the 12 days that lead up to Christmas. So this is the very first one. And so they stay about 13 days, I believe. So yeah, so they stay 13 days. So they come and then they leave after the 13th day. So the first one that comes, um, I'm just going to say the English translation of what their names are because... I, there's no sense in me trying the mm-hmm. Icelandic enunciation. But um, so this first one, his name is Sheep Coat Claude. He harasses sheep, but is impaired by his stiff pegged legs. So he arrives December 12th and then he leaves on Christmas Day. The next one is what we mentioned earlier, Gully Gawk. So he hides in gullies, waiting mm-hmm. for an opportunity to sneak into the cowshed and then steal milk. So he comes December 13th, leaves December 26th. So we can kind of get the, the pattern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The third one is Stubby. He's abnormally short and steals pans to eat the crust left on them. So honestly, he doesn't sound too bad. He's like a built-in dishwasher. But I mean, like, what if you wake up in the middle of the night and you go into the kitchen and you hear like these weird crunching sounds and there's just like this little creature like hunched over your little sink, like munching on that. That's kind of he's not eating. It's like a brand new pie, but he's not eating the pie. He's just eating the crust around it. Yeah. Like that's kind of terrifying if you think about that. (laughs) Right. Okay, so the next one is Spoon Licker. I wonder what he does. Does he lick spoons? Oh, yeah. So he steals and licks wooden spoons and is extremely thin due to malnutrition. I mean, he's licking spoons, but that is kind of That's annoying. So sad. Um, the next one is Pot Scraper. So he steals leftovers from pots. Okay. The next one, so we had Spoon Licker. Let me introduce you to Bowl Licker. <laughs> So he hides under beds waiting for someone to put down their um, askewer. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a type of bowl Uh with a lid used instead of uh, dishes. So they just like it's just it looks like just like a like a Pyrex pot with like a little like glass. You know what I'm saying? It kind of looks like one of those. But he's under your bed. Oh, yeah, that's awful. Just waiting for you to who's so you have like a whole pot and you're just like putting all the pot of leftovers under your bed. I mean, Ma'am. if this tradition justifies eating in bed, I can get behind it. I mean, that we suspension of disbelief. Anyway, we have door slammer. So does he guess doors? what he likes to do? He slams doors. He slams doors. Oh. But especially during the night, waking people up. Now, that one would be really annoying. Yeah, that like these are kind of annoying. If if we're being frank, these are not fun. no. The next one is, oh, I forgot to figure out the pronunciation, but it's S-K-Y-R, so Skir, Skir Gobbler. So he has a great um, l- great lust for Skir, Skyr, I don't know, but it's basically similar to yogurt. 
So he's oh. just a yogurt goblin. Just <laughs> slurping up all yogurt. that yogurt. <laughs> yeah, watch out, guys. He's going to get your yogurt. Right. Next one is Sausage Swiper. So he hides in the rafters and snatches sausages that are being smoked. Oh, he's in the rafters. <laughs> Next one is Window Peeper. So oh my he's God. a so he's a snoop who looks through windows in search of things to steal. So we have a peeping tom over here. Next one is Doorway Sniffer. So this little fella has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate leaf bread. Mm, can't that hide it from him. Must be delicious. Not from Doorway Sniffer. Not from him. We got Meat Hook. So he uses a hook to steal meat. And last but not least, we have Candle Stealer. Oh, does he steal I mean, candles? When you name your child Candle Stealer, though, you're setting I them mean, up for life. You're you're kind of forcing <laughs> them into a career path that they normally probably wouldn't get into. <laughs> but yeah, Candle Stealer follows children in order to steal their candles, which were once made of tallow and um, edible at the time. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so those are the three traditions of Iceland, but they have even made their way into our current pop culture. So Grilla and the Yule Lads, they actually appear in the 2018 holiday episode of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Oh my gosh. Oh, I was kind of thinking that for a little bit, but I didn't connect it. Yeah, so that's them and so in the episodes the lads basically just terrorize the household and gorilla attempts to claim a baby from sabrina's aunt i haven't seen i haven't i think i watched like the first two seasons of sabrina and then it got weird and they were singing cheer during like cheerleading practice and i was like this is turning into riverdale goodbye yeah i've seen this episode yeah she wants the baby and the kids get like this, it's like you don't see them, but you hear the kids' laughter and like doors are slamming and things are going missing. <laughs> okay, and- yeah. So that's the Yule Lads. Yeah. So that's the the little little, little Yule Lads. So uh, Gorilla also makes an appearance in the popular game God of War. Mm. And so in the game, she is an elderly giant, and she's the grandmother of and Graboda, I don't know how to pronounce anything from God of War and um Grilla is a minor antagonist during that little bit. Mm. But yeah, before we start, uh before we start before we start because I'm really bad at giving you my uh, sources. So sources for this episode came from history.com, coca company.com, the ferret.scout, Britannica, buyerschoice.com, mentalfloss.com, wikipedia and trip savvy. But yeah, so those are all of the Christmas traditions. And we also just barely missed the Krampus run because when I was doing the research for this, it was uh, Krampus, like the day of Krampus. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're going to have to like show at least that photo of you from um, the Black Beach. Mm. Yeah, like that's pretty cool. It's okay. Iceland is pretty metal. Yeah, Iceland is pretty metal. It was so, I mean, just my experience in Iceland, it was never a place that I was like, oh, I want to go to Iceland. I think everyone was like, why Iceland? It was kind of a random trip for us. 
but my mom's boyfriend's daughter she she wanted to go and so we were, i go with my mom every thanksgiving so we just we were, we're in iceland this thanksgiving but uh the food was great um people everything was really kind of confusing i think a lot of people kind of just like expected us to know what to do in certain situations mm. and we we're confused because obviously our how we do things is different and then in Iceland, a lot of things are in English, but there also were a lot of things that weren't in English, mm-hmm. and their language is extremely difficult. And um, yeah, like Spanish, I can kind of get by. You can kind of pick up on certain things, you yeah. know. But uh, it was it was really hard out there. But most of the things were in English. But everyone was nice and friendly. And like I said, the food was really great. Um, I had a freaking bagel with cream cheese every day. It was like attached to our hotel, and I'm telling you, that was the best bagel I've ever had. There was an Oreo donut staring at me the whole entire time that I was there. And I was like, you know what? No, because like I'm a, I'm a donut snob and it's probably <laughs> going to be gross and I don't want to waste, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like on a, on a donut. So the last day we were there waiting for our van to pick us up to take us back to the airport. I was like, fine, I'm going to get this Oreo donut as like a snack. So I'm eating the donut. That donut was so good. It was so good. It was so good. Oh my god! It no, was I want so one. good. It was like exactly what I wanted donut to be. Like not like doughy. It was kind of like all glazed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like it kind of looked like a cog. You know, like mm-hmm. that, like those donuts that are kind of shaped like cogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, oh my god, it was so good. And I was like, I'm still grieving over the fact that I will never have that donut ever again. I will never have that bagel ever again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I would grieve Their too. desserts, because usually when we go to other countries, like the desserts just like aren't good. Mm-hmm. Iceland had amazing desserts. I have yet to find a burger in another country that I liked. If that's what I do in every country. I okay. go and I go find like I eat a burger just to kind of like see what it, what they think America. Their burger was amazing too. Okay. I was like, what is happening here? And there's a lot of seafood. We tried shark. Did you know sharks pee through their skin? No. What? Yeah, apparently. I don't know if that's a like a false fact or something, but someone Someone told me in Iceland, and maybe it's just lore, I could be just totally making this up and spreading false information, but they said that the reason, so we had to eat shark and it was fermented, and then we were told that the reason why it's fermented is that because sharks pee through their skin, so it has to be, like, fermented. It tasted like fish food. It was, no. It was <laughs> I thought no you were going to say it was amazing. No, I ended up, I didn't want to waste it. And so I had like half a bite and I was like, this just tastes like fish food. And so I was like, well, I don't want to waste it, you know? And so I put it on like bread with some butter and I folded it and I just like ate it real quick. It wasn't, I didn't like it. I didn't oh, like it. Yeah. But people were like, oh, shark is so good. And I'm like, no but you know what to each their own people love lasagna and i hate it so yeah yeah that's very true there are some things i eat that people are like i mean remember when you told me you ate corn for the first time oh yeah you flipped (laughs) you were like jordan jordan went like 27 years of her life without eating corn she like comes up to me and she goes You'll never guess what. I'm like, what? And she's like, and she's right. I would have never guessed this. She's like, I just, I just had corn. Yeah. I was like, what? Corn. I didn't like like it. Like I was like elote. I was like, that's what I thought. Like I thought she was talking like the like the Mexican corn with like the mayo and stuff. And she was like, no corn. And she's like, I didn't like it. I'm like, I love corn. Who doesn't like corn? You're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it was too sweet. Ah man, I definitely want to go traveling with you into another country. 
I think it would be fun if the Hellbound Yay. history hosts go travel and somewhere creepy. We'd have to go somewhere creepy. I definitely think somewhere creepy would be fun. I uh, a thousand percent, and then we could record the episode out there. Oh my gosh! Cool. Oh, and then we could possibly meet some from... of you guys. Right, if we have any. Oh yeah, our our Spotify Wrapped for the podcast came out. Yes. Oh my gosh, guys! There's like a whole bunch of you that have put us as your number one podcast. A whole bunch of you have put us as your top five podcast, and then tons of you have us as your top ten podcast. So. Shout out to you guys. We love you guys. And like Merry freaking Christmas and happy holidays because. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, you are loved. And we would honestly love to share your uh, love for you guys to share your Christmas traditions with us. Maybe like in our DMs on Instagram because this is just a little tidbit. What are your crazy spooky cultural norms for the holidays oh i would love to hear that i would love to hear that too so please reach out to us over instagram and uh we'll see you next time we'll see you next time okay bye